Far be it for me to ever turn down an opportunity to talk with Chuck Connor at the National Council of Farmer Cooperatives. And Chuck, you know, the last time we talked mostly about the farm bill and about the waters of the U.S. But there's another issue that for not necessarily most of our farmers, because most of our farmers are grain farmers, row crops, but still integrated into our area, fair amount of tomato growing in operations with tomatoes, obviously dairies, but also a lot of contract hog growers as well. So labor is a big issue, but the problem is it's been a big issue for several decades at this point. You're actually on the committee that's working on it specifically. That's right, Rob. We, we have been working through something we call the Agriculture Workforce Coalition. Many years ago, agricultural groups kind of stood together and said, you know, we really have got to get something done and it's time to quit fighting among each other and sort of get a unified voice and maybe that'll improve our chances of success. And I think it was the right decision, Rob, and it, and it has improved our chances, but we've still never gotten anything across the finish line. We've gotten a good bill through the House a couple of different times and a good bill through the Senate a couple of different times, but never both bodies of Congress. So that's our goal is to get both bodies, which of course you need, to adopt reforms and get labor moving because it's a big deal out there. Chuck, you know, the thing is, is it's the H-2A program is what we've been dealing with low these many years. Obvious contradiction with the immigration policies and the southern border and all the issues going on there. I suspect that that's what the problem is. But I guess the question is, are we still trying to fix H-2A because that seems like a real big ask? Or are we at a point where maybe we scrap that and start over well, we're not ready to scrap it yet, Rob. The H-2A program is fraught with problems. You know, it's a bureaucratic mess. Farmers tell us all the time, you know, I've got to hire a lawyer. I've got to hire an accountant, you know, everything to make this thing work. But I would note that, uh, you know, in 2021, we had a record number of H-2A employees enter the U.S. and perform agricultural work. So despite all of those problems, I wouldn't want to scrap it because it is the source of a pretty dramatic increase in the, in the number of laborers that we need out there today. And of course, we do need them badly. Our problem is we've got to make sure that this is a program that's available for smaller producers that maybe can't afford a team of lawyers and a team of accountants. This should not be about big agriculture, so to speak, but about everyday farmers. And that's our goal is to try and make H-2A available for those farmers as well. Does it seem from your perspective, after having dealt with it for a period of time, that, that there are some logical conclusions to things that we can do and that it's just a matter of maybe politically getting the, the, the sign-off on it? I think so, Rob. You know, we've got, obviously, immigration is a highly divisive issue in politics today. I mean, there's a country where it's kind of pulled right down the middle and you don't cross lines here. It's, it's really an enthusiastic debate going on. Having said that, I don't think our H-2A workers and bringing agricultural workers into this country really gets caught up in that too much. I think people recognize that there are jobs on our farms and ranches and our dairy farms today that Americans won't do and there aren't the laborers to do that and we need them in order to you know have that plentiful food supply that we all enjoy and particularly now that people are starting to think about their food supply a little bit more than they have in the past they recognize we want to make sure those farmers have the laborers they need and those people may well be foreign laborers coming in and we're okay with that we still though haven't gotten over the hump of you know getting the house and the senate to sort of concur on this, the same kind of things and go forward at this point. So if you had to identify maybe the top three issues that are the stumbling blocks to this and 
and, and perhaps even maybe some of the ideas that have been thrown around. What, what would you say to that? Well, certainly within the H-2A program, the cost of labor for the farmers is a big deal. And in the past decade, the minimum wages that you have to pay those workers has far exceeded our own minimum wage laws in this country, both at the state and federal level. It's it's escalating at a dramatic rate at a time when you know farmers' income is not escalating, and so they can't afford the workers, first of all. Secondly, it's just the bureaucracy of it. You know, even if you can afford to bring those laborers in, you've identified them, have them available, just navigating the paperwork, particularly during COVID when we didn't even have people in their offices to process this stuff. That was especially tough. The third point, though, Rob, that has to be mentioned in this immigration debate as well is we do still have a lot of people on our farms and ranches, and it's true in Indiana as well, who are, are working there. They've been there working for a long, long time, but they may not have the proper documentation to be in this country. Those are the people we can't afford to lose either because we don't have the ability to bring in that many H-2A workers to replace those folks that many say as much as a million workers are out there working on our farms and ranches today without that proper documentation. we got to do something to make sure they stay there in order to continue to produce the food that we need in this country. So just logically, that seems like an ideal place to start to maybe provide for the farmers and the ag industry a way to take some of those that are not necessarily here with all of the legal things that go along with it, be able to provide for the farmers a simple way to get them legalized. Well, a lot of these people don't even come and go. They've been here solely for a long time, and in many cases, living on those farms and ranches, despite not having that proper documentation. And, and again, the numbers on those are pretty high, Rob. They're just folks that you know we, we can't afford to lose, given the labor shortages that are already existing out there. We, we simply couldn't feed ourselves the way we're accustomed to without those workers out there. Now, you told me you've been working on this for a few years yeah. now. Optimistic that we're going in a positive direction at this point? I am optimistic, and of course you have to be an optimist in this job, and sometimes that's challenging. But I, I will tell you that uh, what makes me optimistic is I think there is a general uh, worry out there today about the future of our food supply that didn't even exist a few months ago. And you can hear it when you talk to people. You can hear it when you see people in the grocery store. I think there's a recognition of we better be proactive in protecting this industry that we have taken for granted for a long time. And a key part of that, obviously, is, has got to be labor. So I'm optimistic that we can maybe take advantage of this time that we're in and really demonstrate to folks the need that exists out there. Chuck Connor, he's the president and CEO of the National Council of Farm Cooperatives. Chuck, it's always a delight to talk to you. It's great to see you too, Rob. Podcasts by Federated Media.